The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, good morning, good morning, church. And welcome back to our series. We're in this great series called Anxious for Nothing. And I love this series. I love how God's been challenging us and teaching us so much about what it means to live in this world of anxiety and this world of worry, this world of fear. And yet he's calling us to be different. He's calling us to be people of faith and people of courage and people of confidence in him and in him alone. Uh, You know, there's lots of things to worry about. And in my life, there was a new stressor that was added in this year. And and all of a sudden, there was kind of this whole new level of stress I didn't even know existed, but now we know, and it's there. And it's this, my my daughter turned 15, and and she got this driver's permit, okay? So now I'm teaching my daughter to drive. Now that's like a, a whole different level. Like I didn't even know that existed, that was out there. But I'm telling you, there's no brake on the passenger side, right? And like as hard as you can hit that thing, it doesn't work. And so I'm there, and, and my daughter is amazing. And what I've discovered is really I, I'm not stressed or worried about her. She's a good driver. I think it's just everybody else that's out there, right? And I'm thinking like, okay, I want to like, you know, put bubble wrap around the car, put one of those safety flags on it, you know, and say when you get on the highway, just everybody else kind of stay away because this is my baby girl and I want to be sure she's safe. And now she's driving a car. And I'm like, wow, how did this happen? And maybe you remember like when your parents were trying to teach you to drive or maybe you remember teaching your kids to drive. And there is just this whole different level there. And there's things that you worry about that you go, I don't know if this is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen to her. And so you're praying like crazy. It's great for your prayer life. You know, but here's the thing, right? There's all these things that we worry about in our lives. You know, there's some people you get a cough, you get a cold, and you go to WebMD, and all of a sudden you diagnose yourself with terminal cancer. You're like, I don't know how it happened, but you know, you just kind of, this thing is just like there. It's all around us, and the worry, and the fear, and the anxiety that fills us. And yet God's saying to us, hold on, hold on, hold on. Be anxious for nothing. And we're like, how can I be anxious for nothing? There's so many things to worry about. There's so much that's happening right now in the world and in my life. How do I do this? And the world comes along, and the world tries to sell us this cheap imitation, right? The world just says, hey, if you get enough money, (laughs) you're not going to have enough worries. All your worries are going to be gone. It's going to be fine. It's just about money. You're like, well, that doesn't really work, right? I read an article this week. Jennifer Aniston says, you know, there's days I just cry all day. You know, Justin Bieber said, there's days I don't want to get out of bed. And you're thinking, well, they've got so much money. I mean, how do they still have this anxiety, this battle, this worry? It's like the rapper said, right? Mo money, mo problems, right? It really kind of works the opposite direction. You know, it's like, where'd that come from, right? You know, but it's the same thing, technology. We think, man, if I just have enough technology, so we buy every gadget that's out there thinking it's going to solve all of our problems and all our worries, and then we have one problem with our iPad, and we go down to Apple support, and we're there for like three hours, and we get so stressed out. We're like, ah, you know, what happened 
here. It's, it's just this oxymoron. What the world will sell us is this, all money, all technology, all this will solve all your problems. And God's going, no, it won't. <laughs> no, it won't. It won't. You see, God created us. God knows how we work. And we can run after the world and think it's going to satisfy, and it never does. And there's a God who said, I made you, and I made you to have peace with me. I made you to have peace with others. I made you to have peace inside your heart and your life. And things were great in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, and then Genesis 3, when sin enters into the picture and the worry and the fear and anxiety enters into our world. And yet into that world, God says, you can still have peace. <laughs> Let me be enough for you. Find your worth. Find your identity. Find your confidence in me. So sometimes we look and get, can I really be anxious for nothing? Or is that an oxymoron right there? I mean, really, can I? And we can on our own, but man, through the power of Christ, we can and that's what God wants us to learn, how God wants us to grow as a son or a daughter of the King of kings and Lord of lords, that he is enough for us. If you have a Bible with you this morning, I want to invite you up with me to Psalm 23. We're in this incredible psalm, one of the greatest chapters in all of the Bible in Psalm 23, and just kind of walking verse by verse and unpacking this incredible psalm. If you don't have a Bible, there's some Bibles in the back. I'd love for you to grab one. You can unpack the Word of God with us today, or we'll put the words on the screen. Now, we're challenging people to memorize Psalm 23, right? It's only six verses, so don't let it stress you out, because that defeats the whole purpose of the series, right? So anybody memorize it? Anybody? Got anybody who's... Thank you. Thank you. Way to go. All right, we've got a couple. And the other, you guys, you got three weeks, all right, because the only series goes to October 13th. So three more weeks, only six verses. You could do it. I believe in you. It will make a difference. I'm telling you, we want this, Psalm 23, to become the music, the song of our life. And when the worry or the stress, the anxiety comes, we just go, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Isn't that incredible? You see, David, who wrote this psalm, he doesn't start with the problems. He doesn't start with his worries. He doesn't start with his concerns. He starts with the Lord. The, the Lord, the Lord is my personal, my shepherd. I lack nothing. He, he makes me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And I love this. He refreshes my soul. Isn't that what we need? Just that refreshment in our soul. He refreshes me. My soul, he guides me along the right path for his name's sake. And then last week, Pastor Chase did such a great job talking about this next part. And if you missed it, go back and watch or listen. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, and maybe today you're in a dark valley, but I want to tell you, God is with you. Even though I walk through, and don't miss that today, right? There's times in our lives we'll go through challenges. There's times in our lives we go through dark times. But I love this. He says, even though I walk through, I'm not living in. I'm not meant to live in that dark valley. I'm walking through that dark valley. But God's got a bigger plan and a bigger purpose, and God's bringing me through that. So how do we get through that dark valley? Well, that's what we're going to talk about Today, last week, even though I walked through the darkest valley, here today is this. I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. Man, I love that. I will. You see that declaration right there? It's not I might, I could, I should, I will. I'm making a determination. 
I'm holding on to God. I will fear no evil. We live in a broken world. Guys, we do. We, we live in a fallen world. God created it perfect. And then man sinned. We sin. There's sin in the world. Hurt people, hurt people. It's going to happen. But I'm not going to live in fear of that. I'm not going to let my life be ruled by fear. I will fear no evil. Even though I'm in the world, I'm not of the world. Why? For you are with me. <laughs> I love that David goes, God's with me. And God didn't like leave me alone. He didn't just like set the world in motion and then back away and go, good luck, figure it out. God is with me in the middle of it. You are with me. Don't miss that. I mean, it's personal, right? You are with me. <laughs> your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A lot of people hear the rod and the staff, and they think, oh, yeah, there you go. I heard about that, God. You know, when I was growing up, I went to this church, and it was just, you know, condemnation. It was all the things you're doing wrong and all the mistakes and the mess-ups. No, 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 no. Look at this in the context. Your rod and your staff, the shepherd's rod, the shepherd's staff. The Lord is my shepherd. And, and you know what the rod was used for? The rod was used for protection, for protection, to fight off the wild animals. When the, when the sheep is being attacked by the wolves, here's, here's the shepherd. I got the rod. I'm going to protect you. And the staff, you know, the, the shepherd's hook right there, that crook that would come over when the, when the sheep would fall into a valley or the sheep would fall into running water, and that coming in with the shepherd's staff and, and rescuing that sheep, pulling that sheep out. Hey, it's going to be all right. We'll get you. Gotcha. And David says, the rod and the staff, they comfort me. Knowing that God is with me. Knowing that God is for me. Knowing that God hasn't left me alone <laughs> to figure it all out, that God is right by my side. God with me. Now, where have we heard that God with me? God with me. Where is that? Well, in about three months, uh, it's going to be Christmas. I don't mean it cause more anxiety or more stress or anything like that, but, but it is. It's coming, you know. And what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about at Christmas? Emmanuel. And what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. That God loved you so much that he sent his one and only son. Jesus left the throne room of heaven to come down into our mess, our hurt, and our brokenness. John says it this way, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus stepped in, God with us. And Jesus came in and Jesus triumphed over all of our fears. Jesus triumphed on the cross. Jesus defeated death. Jesus, the biggest fear that we have, and Jesus steps in and meets it and defeats it because he's got the power. Is he enough for you? See, enough for me. In Mark chapter 4, the disciples were with Jesus, teaching ministries going on. He starts healing all these people. People are pressing up against Jesus. And he says to them in Mark chapter 4, in verse 35, it says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Now, the other side is the Decapolis, right? I mean, you're the other side is like you know, the Greek place. The other side is where, like, ah, I don't know. If we're good Jews, we stay kind of over on our side. And he's like, no, no, no. Let's go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. 
And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Now, if you've ever been to Israel, and if you haven't been, I encourage you at some point to go. It's incredible. And so we've got a biblical study tour from our church that's going to be going in a few weeks. But but you'll go, and you take a boat ride. We take a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee, it's, it's really more like a big lake. It's also called the Lake of Gennesaret, right? But it's this big lake, but there's mountains on kind of both sides. And so the topography is such that the, the wind would come over the mountains and then all of a sudden there's just a furious squall that happens right there on the Sea of Galilee. I mean, it can be a beautiful day and then next minute, man, I mean, you're talking big waves, you're talking scary. And these guys, experienced fishermen, are in the boat and they're being swamped. And it says in verse 38, right, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. You're like, well, Jesus wasn't worried. <laughs> Jesus is like freaking out. Like Jesus is like, hey, I'm going to take a nap, right? And so here he is sleeping in the stern. And the disciples woke him up and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? How many times have we said that? God, don't you care? God, do you know what's going on in my life right now? God, do you see what's happening right now? God, do you care? Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves. Quiet, be still. The wind died down and it was completely, look at that, calm. Just completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Good question. Why are you so afraid? What are you afraid about today? Do you still have so little faith? They were terrified and they said to each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this? Who is sovereign over all creation, who's sovereign over everything in the world and everything in my life? Hey guys, listen, Jesus still calms storms today. (laughs) Jesus still calms storms today. Whatever storm you're facing, don't forget about Jesus. Whatever storm you're facing, you're trying to fix it yourself, you're trying to row the boat against the headwinds, don't forget about Jesus. See, peace comes not in the absence of storms. Peace comes in the presence of Jesus. Don't miss that. Peace comes in the presence of Jesus. Hey, this morning, I'm so excited that we have with us Amy Alexander and Pike Williams. And uh, guys, this has been such an incredible study in talking about anxiety and worry and fear. And so I've asked Amy, uh, who's a part of our church and just an amazing woman of God, and Pike to come and be with us today. And Amy is the executive director of the Refuge Center here in Williamson County. And Pike is a licensed therapist. And, and, and you guys are just doing so much in this area and helping Um, people and families in our own community. And Amy, tell us a little bit about the Refuge Center and and what God's doing there. Sure. Well, the Refuge Center is a Christ-centered nonprofit counseling agency. Mm -hmm. We've been around for about 15 years. And it was our desire to pair excellence and affordability. So make sure that anyone, no matter what their situation, no matter what they could afford, what they've been through, 
what they've done, what's been done to them, that when they come to the Refuge Center, they deserve the very best access to care and healing. And we were founded on that scripture in Isaiah 4, 6, which talks about being a shelter and shade in the heat of the day and from the storms and the rain. And we will all face storms in our life. And so having a place to navigate those is a wonderful thing. Yeah. I'm so thankful. Thank too. you. Thank you. And uh, Pike, how long have you been there and serving? Yeah, I've been there seven years now and uh, have enjoyed every minute of it. I did my internship there and just uh, they couldn't get rid of me after that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, God's using you guys. And, and I know a lot of our families, a lot of people in our church, but also a lot of people in Williamson County. And, and I think you told me, I mean, you know, it's like 50 plus therapist now, and, and uh, you actually started the ministry, which is amazing. And this year alone, I mean, you'll see you have over 30,000 counseling sessions uh, with people. Tell us, what are the things that you're seeing? What, what are you seeing that, that all of us or people in our area are really struggling with today? The number one reason that people call us is anxiety. Mm. Um, after that, we see depression, grief and loss, domestic and sexual abuse, conflict with a partner or child, addiction. Yeah, all of those things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mental health is a, is a big issue, especially today. We're seeing more and more of that. And when you look at anxiety, when you look at this worry, this fear, what do you think are the major causes that you're seeing? Yeah, and I'll start with that. And, you know, sure. Yeah, a couple of things that I see frequently, of course. One would be what emerges in people's lives is uh, self-sufficiency. Maybe I would just think of it that way, that in the pressure of life uh, and the world we live in, there's a sense in which we lose track that we do have the Lord walking with us. We, mm. we forget that somehow, and so somehow I'm on my own, a feeling of self-sufficiency. The other thing, uh, no surprise I'm sure to anyone here, would be this idea of comparison. Am I on track? How am I doing versus everyone else? And, of course, we don't have to look far to think about where does that come from, you know? Yeah. And so social media plays into this in a big way, people feeling like everyone else is doing everything perfectly, but I'm not, and so what does that say about me? So those things definitely get in the way. And then the third thing that we often see is a painful past. Maybe someone has been traumatized wow. of, of an extreme situation, perhaps, uh, repeated abuse or abusive situations, just things that happen in the lives of real people. So all of those things uh, can manifest uh, with fear and anxiety, and it can really become debilitating. What lives sure. under the surface are those negative beliefs that we start to develop about ourselves or our world after those painful experiences. And sometimes we're not even aware of it, but we carry around this belief of I'm powerless, it was my fault mm. because of what's happened to me, I'm not worthy or lovable. And that just sort of sits there and colors all of our experiences. Um, I would just also mention that the pace of life Wow. Um, brings anxiety. I think it's the mayor of Los Angeles, Garcetti. He said, we're living life like one long run-on sentence. We're not punctuating our days or our weeks to stop and grow as people. We just are trying to produce more and more and more, and that definitely generates anxiety. Wow. Yeah. You're exactly right, you know? And so when you look at this self-sufficiency or this comparison, this painful past, the, the pace of life, what do you say to people? Like, how do you help people deal in those certain areas? Like, how, how do you 
confront this anxiety, this worry, this fear of our culture and our lives today. Sure. Yeah, so this will be a little personal for me, but I think um, for many of us, first of all, to kind of uh, embrace the idea that I'm actually afraid. Mm. This is uh, not easy to do in our culture, either because uh, perhaps we've been competing on sports teams or we have had a bad experience in the playground at an early age uh, or someone made fun of us or perhaps in business. There's not a lot of space sometimes for emotions and to step up and say I'm afraid is not something that many of us, certainly including me, were, were comfortable with. Um, and so realizing that there's so much in the Word of God that speaks to when you are afraid, here's what you need to do. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And so it really normalizes that it's okay to be afraid. Mm. Um, and thank the Lord that He gave us emotions like fear because it's there to protect us. And so one of the things we try to tell people is, of course, you, you have a lot to be afraid of. There's a lot happening. And so whether it's a physical threat like a snake or someone coming at me with a knife, that's a level of fear. But there's another kind of fear which has to do with I'm, a fear, I'm afraid of something that might happen in the future. Yeah. I'm afraid for someone that I love. And those fears can be uh, very difficult. And so just to normalize that and say, okay, let's just bring that into the room and create a little space for that while we begin to shift towards getting you back to a, a better place. So that's one. Yeah, just um, normalizing the anxiety, I think, with anxiety, we tend to demonize it. I think we feel a lot of things about our anxiety. We feel anxious about our anxiety. We feel shame about our anxiety. We feel fear. But the reality is that God designed our bodies to give us cues and messages. We have something like an amygdala, the vagus nerve, our central nervous system. And those things God made to send us cues. So we have a cue when we need to use the restroom. We have a cue when we need sleep, when we're thirsty. And we know what that cue means, and we pay attention to it. Yeah. Anxiety is physiologically just a messenger. It's just telling us that something needs to be tended to. And you know that old saying, don't shoot the messenger, right? And so when these things come up for us, it's just about getting to a place where we can unpack what is this about? You know, what does my body need? And we can do that through prayer, worship, meditation, sitting with a pastor or a counselor. But uh, we don't have to be afraid of our anxiety. We just need to listen to what, what is the message. Wow. Yeah. That is, that is so good because I think we do. We just, whenever we have that anxiety, then we panic, right? It's just, and we're focused just on the anxiety instead of it being hey, this is a warning light. You know, I need to get, I need to talk about this with yeah. somebody. I need to process this with my mm -hmm. parents or my, you know, spouse or, you know, talk to a counselor. And um, man, that is so good. Mm -hmm. it, talk about this because I think, um, you know, in the past, church, it's kind of been like church over here and then you have counseling and, and doctors. Mm -hmm. and, but I think today we're seeing all of this coming together and, mm -hmm. and we're seeing that we have to address the spiritual. Uh, but we need the counselors and we need the medicine and we need medication to help us through these things so they're not, you know, opposed to each other. They're, they're apart. And are you seeing more of that? I mean, obviously, Christian Counseling Center, but are you seeing more of that with people's lives? Sure, yeah. We hope to integrate mind, body, spirit. Yeah. And 
we are all Christians at the Refuge Center, and many times when people come to us, there's a particular trauma or pain, but next to that sits the question, where was God when yeah. this happened? And so that is something we want to create space to explore. But we've got some really cool techniques. We use something called eye movement desensitization reprocessing, brain spotting, neurofeedback, medication management. So there's a lot of ways we can address what's happening in the, the mind and body. I don't know if Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, for many people, it's, it is, uh, it's very helpful for them to be invited into a space where they can just be still. Mm -hmm. And so there's some sort of just natural uh, things that we can help people learn or perhaps they've known and they just need a, a place to practice that and remember. So just deep breathing. Just take a second and let our body breathe the way it was intended. And that relaxing actually sends a signal into the nervous system and turns off the adrenaline. Hmm. And we've all had that terrible feeling of, God, it just feels like there's, you know, there's a butterflies in my stomach or, um, you know, the fight or flight response. And so to be able to turn that off through some self-calming, self-relaxing, again, whether it's deep breathing, staying well hydrated, other exercises aimed at just remember who you are um, mm. and, and be in that. And from a spiritual perspective for people who are coming in, we want to just along with them think about, so what has worked for you before? Think about the time you were in the valley and you felt the Lord was right there with you. What was happening in your life then? And can we reclaim that? And what would it be like to kind of step back? And sometimes that's a daily ritual. Yeah, I just have not taken the time. Okay, well, let's just work on that. Uh, and sometimes um, it's a lack of relationship. Mm. And one of the things that's fascinating in research is that being able to, first of all, to say out loud that I'm afraid is actually helpful at reducing the level of fear that the body is carrying. It's really mm -hmm. amazing, but they've shown this on MRI scans. And then to be able to say that in the presence of another safe person. When I say safe, I mean emotionally safe, someone that you can trust who's going to hold it well. It's not easy to find people like that, mm -hmm. so I don't mean to imply it is. But when you find them, they're gold. And uh, it, it's wonderful to be able to just share that. And it will, those things will all help the body and the spirit work together to bring the kind of the physical relief that people are looking for. So do try to do that as well. I love that. I, I do. So what do you say to people who are struggling with uh, anxiety or worry or fear? What, what would you say? Just, you know, hey, here's some things I want you to know. I want you to get this. Yeah. Well, we got to unpack it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have to slow down enough to, to not be afraid to feel our feelings. And then we've got to understand what is the root you know, what is the root cause? And sometimes we're terrified to consider what might be the root, because yeah. I don't want to go back there. I put that behind me, and I don't ever want to return to it. Well, the fact is that the energy of those experiences, it still lives in our cells, and so we've got to unpack it. Um, and anxiety is on a continuum, right? But it can lead to things like panic disorder and mm. panic attacks. And when you have a panic attack, you really feel like you are going to die. Mm. And at that point, you're highly motivated to unpack things and get help because you don't ever want to feel that way again. Um, but there's some wonderful little practices. Uh, so in terms of take-homes, there's something called the Examine, and that's a great resource. There's also Daniel Siegel created something called the SIFT exercise. So let's say you leave work one day and you just feel unsettled, but you really can't pinpoint what it was. So Siegel would say, go back to that meeting that you left feeling a little unsettled, and what were the sensations, images, feelings, and thoughts that I was having in that meeting? 
sift. It actually turns on all the lights in the parts of the brain. And it's just a way to slow down and take an inventory. So That's so good. That's well, really good. The only thing I would want to add to that is get off, either get off of or reduce access to social media. Goodness knows, this wow. is, uh, this is mm. uh, all of us, it's some, I'll say all of us, most of us need to be on it at some level for business, for other reasons, of course, but it becomes a place where comparison uh, can just overcome us at times. And so it's really reclaiming our lives, reclaiming our time, reclaiming uh, what's important to us and, yeah. and uh, having people to walk alongside with you, whether it's people in your small group, uh, someone who's a mentor or someone yeah. uh, just a partner in the Lord, a spouse. Um, woke up this morning, my wife said, praying for you this morning, and I love that. <laughs> I need awesome. that. So having people like that is uh, terrific. So When your spouse says that, it just, that, it just man, it does something yeah. for you. It's amazing. Mm. So what would you say to, to parents who their kids are struggling. Because, I mean, Williamson County, I mean, it's just the workload, the demand of school, the pressure to, to succeed, the pressure to, you know, compare ourselves to everybody. Like, what, what do you say to parents uh, when their kids are going through these things? It's big here. Yeah. It's big. Well, we have to understand where the anxiety is coming from. I'm sounding like I'm on repeat here, but we got to dig it up at the yeah. roots. So um, one thing I would say is, are we modeling anxious living for our kids? Mm. Um, and if we're constantly talking about things we're worried about and expressing our fears, then they're going to think that's just how you do life. That becomes their template. So if we are modeling that for our kids, then we have our own work to do. Yeah. We've got personal work to do around our trauma, our attachment history, our triggers. Okay. Um, you mentioned this, but being over-scheduled and over-stimulated, you know, maybe our kid gets on the bus at 6.50, they're home at 3.30, then they go to practice, then they've got homework, they go to bed at 10 or 11. They're doing 17-hour days. Mm. So we wonder why they're anxious. There's no room for boredom, which boredom is the gateway to creativity. So we really have to take a hard look at our schedules. And our schedules connect back to excessive pressure and stress. So even if we're not verbally putting pressure on our kids. What's the message we're sending about their appearance, their grades, their athletic performance? Um, certainly time on screens, uh, especially um, content that can be fear-producing. I was thinking of someone the other day who told me that their child was on YouTube and there was, it was uh, benign content, but somehow she stumbled on an ad where she saw a beheading in another country. And so what kinds of things are they stumbling on, right? And then um, just our kids are well-connected but incredibly isolated. Uh, their text messages are all these shortened terms and funny things, but they're not having real meaningful connection. And so we, we just have to look at all of that, yeah. Well, I know as a mom, you know, you, you're, you're living it too. Living and, it, yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for you guys. And I just want you to know our church is praying for you. And, um, you know, you and Dan are a big part of the church and uh, just your leadership. But um, the Refuge Center is making a huge impact right here in Williamson County. And we're on the same team. And, and I just encourage anybody, you know, we have a counselor on our staff. But I mean, we refer people to you all the time and, and to get help and not just try to bury issues, but how do we grow and how do we become all that God has created us to be and how do we do that together? So Thanks, thank you guys Jeff. for all you do. Thank Thanks you so for joining us. Hi, great it. job. Thank you, so appreciate it, Amy.
guys, it's amazing the resources that God's given us. Um, but we have to step into that. We have to step in to say, hey, I need to help. I need to grow in this area. I need help in this area. And, and not let it control us. And I think that's what happens so many different times. Uh, you know, this guy, Peter, right? He's in the boat. <laughs> he sees Jesus calm the storm. And you think, man, this guy's faith ought to be through the roof, right? But then when a storm comes and Jesus is arrested, what does Peter do? He denies Jesus three times. Three times, I don't even know him. I don't even know him. And, it, and, and then, I mean, the shame and the guilt and the fear. And after the resurrection, if you go to John chapter 21, Peter he goes back to Galilee. He goes back to his old life. He goes back to fishing because he has this shame and this guilt on him. But you know what Jesus does? Jesus shows up. And Jesus rescues him. Jesus is on the beach and he's cooking breakfast and Peter sees him from the fishing boat. He dives in, he swims to him. And, and I can imagine the, the fear of Peter looking at Jesus and thinking, you know, I'm the one who denied you three times. I messed up. And, and Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Oh yeah, you know I love you. Jesus goes, Peter, do you love me? Oh yeah, I know. Three times, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Okay, feed my sheep. I'm not finished with you. I've still got a plan and a purpose for your life. Come on, Peter. Come on. And in that moment of reinstating Peter, in that moment of grace, in that moment of redemption, something happened inside of Peter. And this guy grew in his confidence and his faith. And he becomes the leader of the early church. He stands up at Pentecost and preaches Jesus because Jesus was there for him and rescued him and pulled him out. And that's what Jesus has done for each of us. It's what he's done for you. You're not alone in this world. You're not alone in your marriage. You're not alone in the battle. Listen, God is there and he is for you. And so today, would you just make that declaration? <laughs> Even though, right, I walk through the darkest valley, I will. Even though I will. I will follow Jesus. I will hold on to Jesus. I will be the man or the woman that he created me to be. I will believe that he is sovereign. I will trust that God is enough for me. God's not finished with you. God's got great things for your life. You hold on to him. You trust him. I want to invite you just to pray. This is a time of prayer. And, and maybe this morning it's a day of salvation. Maybe for you, just go, God, I need to start with you. Jesus, rescue me this morning. Out of my fear, out of my worry, God, rescue me. Jesus, I need you. Come in. Maybe it's a morning where you just bring your worries, your struggles to him and just say, I've been trying to handle it on my own. I forgot you were even in the boat. <laughs> Jesus, here it is. Here's my kids. Here's my job. Here's my finances. God, here it is. Maybe this morning you just need to say, Jesus, I will. I will. I'm making a declaration today. I'm going to follow you no matter what. You are enough for me. You are my God. You are my King. And every day I'm walking forward in you in confidence. So Father God, here we are, your disciples. <laughs> and God, you've been so faithful to us in the past. God, you have brought us through so many things individually. God, you have met us in the darkest valleys. And God, you promised to never leave us or forsake us. And so right now, right here, today, 
God, rescue us. <laughs> Pull us close to your heart. <laughs> Let us hear what you say about us. Let us find our worth and our value in you and in you alone. Oh, God, we need you. Thank you for your presence this morning. Thank you that you are a God who sees and a God who cares. And we love you so much.
Amen. Guys, that's it. There's a God who will rescue you. Whatever you're going through, you're not alone. God is with you. God is for you. He loves you. He believes in you. He wants the rest of your life to be the best of your life, guys. And listen, there's a church, right? I just love seeing people come up out of the congregation because that's the body of Christ. That's what we're here for. That's why God put you here for a reason, for a purpose. Whatever you're going through, reach out. Talk to people. In community group, or your Bible study, a counselor, a pastor, the refuge center. We have so many opportunities. Don't fight the battle alone because there's a God who has come to you and there's a God who loves you. At this time, I want to invite our ushers to come forward. It's a chance for us to give back. If you have a prayer request, man, drop it in the basket. We will pray with you. We'll pray for you. We've seen God answer so many prayers. I'll be here after the service. There'll be people on our A6 team and other spouses who'll be here to love to pray with you. Guys, let's continue to worship. Let's continue to worship. And the opportunity we have to give back and the opportunity we have to invest for the glory of God. So let me say a prayer. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for your presence this morning, for your word, for your truth. Thank you, God, that you are with us. We're not alone. You came to rescue us. Father, take what is given today. God, everything we have comes from you anyway. So let us just give back out of an overflow, Father, and invest in the things that are of you and trust you with our giving. In your name we pray and we give. Amen, amen, amen. Wow. What a great morning, you guys. What an incredible series. So we've got uh, two more weeks in this series. So don't miss any part of this series. And Uh, God is working on our hearts. God's working on our families. God's working on our marriages. God's working in our lives. This is such an important time as we continue to grow individually and as a church body together. Also, just want to encourage you, when you leave today, there'll be a bag for Share Your Shelf. And and, and one of the greatest parts, we're going to talk about this next week, but one of the greatest parts about when we are battling fear or worry or anxiety is, is to give. And when we give, there's something that's released in us. And so I just want to encourage you uh, this week, we're going to help Grace Work stock up on their food so the holidays are coming so that we can help minister in our own community. And so let's be a part of, of giving back as well. And then also this morning, uh, before you leave, I want to just encourage you to go through the new student space. This is an incredible opportunity uh, for us to walk through. You'll be the first ones, right? Eight o'clock service, way to go. I'm so proud of you guys. Love it. So <laughs> I love this service. This is one of my favorite ones. You guys, when you get up early, you're just kind of fired up and it's awesome. So walk through, take a Sharpie and just write scripture verses, write a prayer, write something over this new space. This is where the next generation is going to be. This is going to be fourth and fifth grade space, middle school, high school space. We'll have adult classrooms in there. But what are our prayers for the next generation? What are the prayers for our kids? What are the prayers for our kids' friends and that they're going to grow up in the world? What do we want to pray over them? And so walk through. The space is going to be incredible. You'll see a table. If you're not yet giving to For the Kingdom, I want to encourage you to do that. We give over and above our tithe. Lisa and I do. And we love it because we know the impact that it's going to make. No greater investment, I think, that's there that we can make a difference in together. So let's stand together. And then I'm going to invite you to go over there and go through the space and write down Scripture verses. But let me pray for us. Father, thank you that you're a God who rescues us. that you're a God who's in the boat with us, that you're in the darkest valley, God, and we're not alone. So even though I will 
I'm going to walk with you this week. You're going to be my confidence. You're going to be the joy of my heart. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being here. Have a great day. God bless.